This is the Hard Mark Podcast, starring Eric Donaldson and Ryan Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode, the new episode of the Hard Mark Podcast. My name is Eric Donaldson. With me, as always, we have Ryan Murphy, and his name isn't just that. He has... A, a cornucopia of nicknames at this point. Ryan, do you remember <laughs> any of your nicknames at this uh, at this stage of the game? No. I, I, these formal? Uh, they're pretty formal. Yeah? Yeah, they're pretty formal. Let's see here. So we got uh, the man of a thousand compliments, which is, a, which is not only I, accurate to your life, apparently. Did you have something you wanted to say? No, I just, I, I think I brought up that I'm, I take compliments well, not also. Well, you get a lot. Of course. Yeah, a thousand. Actually. Got a lot of practice. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You get a lot of compliments. Okay, so. That's also a wrestling reference. We'll delve into that at some point in time. But man, there's there was the man of a thousand holds. You're the man of a thousand compliments. I got, I got you. I got yeah. yeah. Uh, the soul skater. Soul skater, yeah. That's... And we got a new one. We got a new nickname for you. The Mater D of Matt Drama. Just, you know, we'll, we'll not make a judgment. You see how I slide into this yeah, one? Exactly, yeah. yeah. You, you referenced Matt Drama on last episode. Uh, and we we really I really liked that uh, that phrase. So we're we're latching on to that here today. Uh, so as always, we're here to leg up your lobes with some hot audio cream. Thank you very much for downloading or streaming or whatever preferred method that you use to access this podcast here today. We do do appreciate your time again, hard mark on podcast. And you can find us on all the social media channels. So thank you very much, everybody. Uh, how are you doing today, Ryan? Fantastic. Yeah. I was asked to leave, like I said earlier, <laughs> so I'm here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen one another. Yeah, it had. Well, <laughs> do you uh, even remember what we talked about last episode at this point? I do. I, I, it was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are, you, are you still angry over that? Have you, has time given you any perspective over how to feel about no, last time episode? Never does. <laughs> Just soak it in more and more. Yeah, you're you're yeah. even more bitter and vengeful yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I came back to redeem myself. Do you still think that I misled you in any way last episode? Was that last episode? That, that was last episode. That was last episode. Macho Man that's, that's, Yeah, I think there was so much that went into like kind of the the the, the pre the backstory, the pre fights. Yeah, sure. That uh, yeah, I felt that you had uh, ended up misleading me and completely. <laughs> Uh huh. Threw off, um, you know where I was going with that. Well, I know, I know how you felt about it. it. I mean, it was still wrong how you felt, but you you were entitled to feel that way. We will not have that problem here today. So I'm here to assure you uh, that we're not going to have that issue. Uh, it's going to be pretty pretty straightforward overall here today. Uh, so I'm happy to answer any questions that you have, and you know <laughs> we'll we'll make sure and I'll give you very concise okay. answers right. that are to the point. Uh, and, and make sure there's no no uh, miscommunication there. We'll see how I feel about that next time I come by. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so today, on today's episode, we are going to go back to the, well, we'll just call it the modern day. It was a few years ago, but it's uh, more of a modern day event. This was um, from back in 2014, February 23rd, 2014. Where were you on February 23rd, 2014, Ryan Murphy? February 23rd, I think... <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost feel I know exactly. That was right before I started with Waves. So, oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I think I was... So you were just tomcatting around? I was just a young guy out there. <laughs> you had your whole um, life in front I of did, you. I did. I did at that time. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, to think what has come of that. Man, you, know, you achieved all your potential is what I, happened. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you a compliment. I was saying that you did all the things. So what if I told you that this match that we're going to be watching here today, if I had to summarize it in one sentence, and you can just react however you want to react to what I'm going to say, uh, the the premise of this match is you have a hillbilly bayou cult versus a tactical SWAT team. What are your initial thoughts to me saying that? Is that the theme of the match? Just... Or am I just going based off just what you're saying strictly here? Well, I was just trying to get you <laughs> to say what your initial thoughts were. I love it. That's, I absolutely <laughs> love it. This, um, <laughs> I, that's just, it sounds fantastic. That's exactly what I wanted to come here and... and Perfect. Uh, that's good. And kind of delve into, yeah, absolutely. 
So um, the, the the general gist of this, um, so we've, we've seen one tag team match, right? And I know that you were really excited for it and it kind of let you down. Yeah. So hopefully today will help redeem that uh, in your eyes. This is a WWE uh, tag team match. And in fact, not only is this a, um, a tag team match, but it's actually a three versus three tag match. So we got three guys on one side and three on another. So we, we've, we've upped the ante by 50%. We got 50% wow. more beef in that ring than the previous tag match of the Steiners. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I what could happen. <laughs> so um, we'll just kind of get all the, the backstory out of the way. That way, if you have questions, we can make we can really make sure to take the time to answer so we don't have any bitterness or arguments like we did at the end of the last episode. So this was, in in many ways, kind of a dream match for the time. So a lot of times... Nowadays, dream matches are like really, really old guys who just happen to come back for like one last run or whatever. But this was kind of a little bit different in that it was two groups that had been pretty well established uh, in the WWE, uh, and those groups were finally colliding uh, against one another. So let's let's talk a, a little bit about that. And actually, this match will serve as a nice introduction to some of the guys that are, are more top stars right now today. So the first group that we'll talk about is The Shield. So The Shield uh, is probably the best faction, the best group of guys that have existed in WWE for the past, like, 15 years. Like, like wins and losses are, like, they're known. They're, like, the good guys. Um, no, not like the... So they, they were they were bad guys. And, as a, in fact, in the match that we're going to be watching here today, it's really them starting to kind of become good guys. This is actually, in many ways, like a bad guy versus bad guy match. Mm. But... The, the audience has to choose like who they want to root for and it happened to be the shield in in this particular match like they they were just kind of a, a cooler uh, more badass group and that changed in the match like mid match that could have gone either way potentially it, um, potentially it could have um, in the lead up in like the weeks leading to the match and we'll get a chance to see the video package um, before we watch it but in the weeks leading to the match it was kind of like they were more positioned as the good guys and, okay. and kind of the more... Uh, but they had always been bad guys in like the year or so leading up to, to this particular match. And this kind of transitioned them over to being good guys, this feud. But yeah, in terms of like the best faction, wins and losses, yes. But like they were very well protected. They were... They did not get beaten by people. Hardly at all. Like they beat the shit out of just about every top star in the company over the course of a year and like that almost never happens in the WWE nowadays so it's rare that you have these young guys who are like established and become top stars within the span of, of maybe a year like that doesn't happen all that often even though it probably should yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> so they originally when they first joined the company which was in November of 2012 uh, they became they were the backup for the bad guy WWE champion. So this this guy was he was a WWE champion. We'll talk about him later. We don't have to get into who it is, but they were essentially his his I guess you could say lackeys for lack of a better word. But uh, they were they were his backup. So they were there to kind of help him retain the WWE title. And but they were always talking about how they were they were for justice and they were doing the the just thing then they became the hounds of justice for this i see where this is going yeah yeah um so from their debut to this match they were always bad guys they were aligned with the bosses so the bosses were known as the authority so they were kind of controlling the company and 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 doing nefarious things just overall so bad guy running the company type of Mm. type of deal um, so this match with the Wyatts, that's kind of what started their turn to becoming uh, anti-establishment, ass-kicking good guys. And with any, any group, much like this podcast, you have different roles that everyone sort of fills within the group. Like, like for, for, my, for my role on the podcast, I'm, I'm the lovable, uh, lighthearted scamp who, who you know, uh, tends to make funny quips and whatnot. Uh, you're the backbone of the podcast you know your people come to you for for you know just uh being the conscience i was thinking that too yeah, yeah absolutely well, i was driving over <laughs> what were you listening to when you drove over just out of curiosity a little bayou music <laughs> perfect yeah. well that's yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't have to clue you in that's great so as far as the roles of each so there's again three men 
first guy, his name is Seth Rollins. So you can think of him as like the athletic guy. He's the one who, you know, as far as the in-ring work goes, he was sort of their main main workhorse of the group. Um, he was starting to get noticed as like the best in-ring performer in the Shield, uh, but he was still kind of coming into his own as being kind of a big deal. Uh, later, uh, you know, a year or so after this, he would have uh, naked pictures leaked from his phone. Uh, well, yeah, you don't say. He did. Yeah, that actually doesn't happen. There's not a whole lot of dude wangers in the wrestling world that have been leaked out, to my knowledge. Yeah, that's that's fair. I just you know you hear leaked news and yeah celebrity and sure celebrity yeah. yeah I mean this yeah. is somewhat low on the celebrity I, rung yeah and it's you and it's usually not like like penis like yeah. hard penis but <laughs> <laughs> just but classic 2014 classic 2014 yeah. absolutely and and in case you're curious average to smallish dog oh it yeah. was so mm-hmm. good so if you're ever curious, anyone listening, yeah. uh, Seth Rollins uh, <laughs> naked or Seth Rollins nude, and you'll probably get a, a picture of his his uh, penis. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the next guy, Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns is the muscle of the Shield. He's the he's not he's really not that much bigger than the other guys, but he's the biggest member of the group. Uh, so originally he was kind of the silent badass. Around this time, the match that we're going to be watching, it was clear that they were sort of positioning him and they were grooming him to be the next top star of the company, like the next Hulk Hogan or next John Cena or whatever term that you want to use. So Roman Reigns was becoming clearly focused as that. And like you'll hear in the commentary where they kind of like, they say he's the leader, but he was never really that in terms of like, I don't know. Did that fizzle out pretty quickly? Which, Which thing? Just the fact that they kind of groomed him to be this. Um, it the the fans and again this is this is before kind of all these other things happened. But the fans didn't take to him as well as as maybe the the company would have hoped. Maybe I'll take to him. Maybe you will take yeah, to him. We'll and see. and I think this is a good and like people really did like him as part of the shield. It's just especially more in the past like fifteen or twenty years. When the company decides, like, this is the guy that we want to push as the face of this company, if people get the feeling that, like, this is someone who's being shoved down their throats, they will openly revolt and rebel against that. And so that's been really kind of the running theme for the past 15 years of the company is that, you know, they'll try to do that against people's will. Like, people will have someone else in mind that they would rather be the top star. And then it's like, this weird conflict between the company and the fans that doesn't really exist in other forms of entertainment or sport or anything like that. So it's very weird, kind of that dynamic. So you'll have guys who like, in the ring, they're wrestling like they're the good guy, but if you're just going based on sound, they're getting booed the <laughs> fuck out of the building. Yeah, like, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And so I'm sure we will kind of see some of those Roman That's Reigns. That's an interesting dynamic, though. Yeah, you get like the you know like so the company pushing one way and fans like put that's and that didn't happen before. Like, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Eventually, people kind of got like bored of the routine, but throughout the entire like eighties, early nineties, no one was openly like booing Hulk Hogan to that degree. Yeah. Like maybe you had a couple people in the audience, but it's sign- with John Cena. John Cena was the first guy where the company was like, hey. He's the new thing. And then people were like, fuck that guy. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, and, and you don't see it in other sports either. Like, it's your team you kind of, like, you know, like, you you root for. But, like, in wrestling, it's a totally different dynamic. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, and even the close. If I had to think of, like, the closest thing, occasionally you'll have members of a given team where, like, they've already said, like, I'm not re-signing or I'm going to free agency. And so then, like, the local town's folk will yeah. boo, boo that guy. But, like... Even then, that's not really a one-to-one sort of uh, ratio, but it's the closest <laughs> sort of analogy that I can make. But it's very unique to pro wrestling, and really unique to pro wrestling over the past like fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. Again, this did not happen to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It didn't really happen to Hulk Hogan. So this is definitely something more. Is new. it a social media thing? Um, I think I think it's. I don't. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a social media thing. I think it's. And this is just my sort of take on the subject. But if you think about like like the 60s and the 70s, 
um, in particular, and even like the 80s to, to a lesser degree. But you had people who would gravitate towards like these, let's just use music as an example, like Elvis or the Beatles, like everybody was into them. And like you can make a lot of different arguments, but I think that a good part of the reason why people were into them was because there weren't a ton of options. Yeah. Like those, like, hey, either like them or you just don't like music. Yep. <laughs> because that's yep. what's being presented to you. Now, with there being so many different options, people kind of gravitate towards these, like, that's my guy or like, that's what I like. And so, in much the same way that music, you know, you could talk to 100 different people and they can give you 100 different types of music that they like. Right. Uh, it's the same thing with wrestling, too, yeah. where, hey, he's he's the top guy. Well, I don't like him. I like this other person more. Yeah. So, uh, it's just kind of a, a societal change, I think. Right. Yeah. 15 years. Mm-hmm. 2005. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like I mentioned, like Steve Austin, Stone Cold, that, that did not happen to him. Everyone, he was pretty much universally beloved, but then when you get into early 2000s, that's when this phenomenon starts to, uh, to take take hold. Uh, so just to kind of finish talking about John, or not John Cena, Roman Reigns. Uh, so he was the least experienced member of the group. Uh, he's a Samoan guy. One thing that you'll find in pro wrestling, I feel like the amount of Samoans in pro wrestling is such a large, and I know that there's a lot of sort of Samoan dudes in, in football, but I don't know if it's that big of a, like if it's a noticeable amount. I'm not sure there's a large like, amount of Samoan <laughs> dudes in football. Okay, yeah. I, I get why you would it, think there would be, but like I don't... Like if you compared the population of planet Earth... To the to the number of Samoan dudes in NF, in the NFL, would that would it be like a drastically higher number? Do you think? I don't think so, but okay. there is a chance I could be. I mean, I don't think so. I, Samoans are like interesting people. Very, very, <laughs> I, I we don't just, usually I, get to the sound by the end of the episode <laughs> so quickly. Okay, I just I, I've met Samoan people. I've been and so like and they're just yeah they're they're just kind of they're big like you know stocky very nice yeah until uh, you, until you piss them off which you don't want I to would do. never want to yes no of course not. if there is any group that I would never ever want that to would offend, be, yeah it's Samoans absolutely <laughs> um, that's a I don't know if there's like a like I said it makes sense but I don't think there's a large number of football now I have to look um, I mean I, I I could be like Troy Palomalu I don't know if he is he Hawaiian or, I think he's uh, yeah. I would I would lean in okay. that direction because right. he's not. But he's also not a big guy. True. He's a safety. He's a small, fast guy. Okay. He's a small, fast. Hawaiian. I was trying to think of the most. Uh, the Samoan sound big name I could think of. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, in wrestling there is like this huge Samoan contingent of like dudes, and traditionally they've been sort of presented as the um, oh, what do you want to call it? like sort of like savage bad guys. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, especially, like, in the 70s, you had, like, these wild Samoan characters who'd literally come to the ring with, like, a bone in their mouth and, you know, just, like... A bone in their mouth? Yeah, like, like a like, T-bone? Like, like, yeah. yeah, like, just, like, chicken bones <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, like, that's what the Samoan yeah. thing was. But uh, nowadays, like, they're presented with a little bit more sensitivity to it, which is... No. Yeah, if you can imagine. Um, but rarely... <laughs> the they've never really been presented as, like, top guys. So, like... The Rock is half Samoan, so he's kind of of that same uh, same family line as well. But um, <clears throat> Roman Reigns is kind of the first fully Samoan dude that they've presented as like, hey, this is our guy. But he looks like a movie star, so it makes sense why like why he would be the person that they'd want to present in that. So, uh, but he was good as part of the Shield in terms of like he's the muscle, he's the badass that you don't want to fuck with that sort of thing. Uh, third and final member of the group is named Dean Ambrose. Uh, so Dean is the mouthpiece. He's also the, the the wild card. I don't know if you're a big It's Always Sunny fan. Oh, yeah. But every group needs a wild <laughs> card. So that's what Dean Ambrose is. Um, so he was definitely, especially early on, he was the best one on the microphone. So he would do the majority of the talking on behalf of the group. Um, he was also portrayed as somewhat unhinged. He was prone to letting his emotions get the best of him. So he was... Like I'm a wrestler, now. he's a bit of a powder keg, but he also had like that weakness that he couldn't control his temper at times. Um, so more of a wild brawler than a technician. Uh, he was a former deathmatch wrestler who, at one point in time, am among other things, he took a weed whacker to the stomach. In real life, yeah. 
In a wrestling match. In, in a wrestling match? Yeah. Like a televised wrestling match? Well, what do you mean by televised? It wasn't on NBC. This was like a backyard like wrestling match type of... I mean, it was ran by a company, <laughs> but it was not a big company. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if memory serves me correctly, the Weed Whacker bit did take place in uh, a yard or somewhere with so like a backyard wrestling match is what you're saying somewhere somewhat bigger <laughs> it, I wouldn't say a bigger than that bigger than a backyard wrestling match but not not to the scale of say a Wrestlemania <laughs> uh, okay yeah that I imagine would be one of the more painful things you've ever experienced probably uh, I, would just, I would assume so but that's what like that's what he was before he joined the WWE he was a deathmatch wrestler so he would do shit with like Thumbtacks, who would do shit with weed whackers, like he's just yeah, he was into that. Are we gonna discuss this? Yeah, we can discuss dude, this whole forum is is me and you talking about wrestling, so if there's any topic, even if it's not necessarily about this. This match, one sounds super interesting. So Okay. Yeah, I uh, What death, yeah, like yeah. Deathmatch yes. wrestling. What do you wanna know? Just what other I mean, weed whackers and like thumbtacks. Like, uh-huh. are they are they throwing like thumbtacks on like the ring? Like, that's also just sounds incredibly like. Usually, what happens is they will like have a bag of thumb like filled with thumbtacks. And they'll sprinkle them on the ground, and then they'll they'll do either a move or several moves onto the thumbtacks. And so then the guy when he comes up, he's like got hundreds of thumbtacks sticking in his back or whatever. What is a death match? A death match is basically just like a more violent wrestling match. Like a wrestling match where like no holds barred, but like there's a difference between like a no disqualification match and like a death match. WWE does not have death matches. Okay. But as a little side thing, I would like, yeah, that sounds... Like there, there's a, a company uh, based out of the East Coast, um, Philadelphia, I, I think, Combat Zone Wrestling, CZW. They, every year... And I've never actually watched this, so like, there's only certain limited bits of information I could give you. Um, but they have a King of the Deathmatch tournament every single year, and so it's like multi, like a tournament where you have like brackets of guys, and like each match, if I'm not mistaken, has like a theme. Um, I think the Wee Whacker shot that I saw was probably the worst thing that I've seen. You saw it. I saw. There's video of it on YouTube. Okay. You can find it if you're curious. Into it. Um, <clears throat> fluorescent light tubes are one of the more commonly used. Is that like a, you're breaking those tubes on like someone? Yeah, you're either using it as a weapon. Is it like the in- inhalation, like when you're inhaling that, it's not the worst. I don't, I mean, based on what I've seen, it's not the worst part, but I imagine that wouldn't be great. <laughs> okay, all right. But I, I think we should pin that. That sounds like an interesting discussion. I. Yeah, no, like fluorescent light tubes are the word, like those will cut up and like they'll just lodge themselves into your skin. So I've seen people who will like have a chair that have duct taped um, fluorescent light tubes and so they'll hit somebody with the chair with the light tubes on it. Uh, David Arquette, who wrestles now, I don't know if that's new information to you. I'm assuming it probably is. Yeah. Uh, but David Arquette uh, almost like legitimately bled out. He had a death match maybe a within the past six months to a year ago against like a very a very famous um deathmatch wrestler very famous relatively speaking anyway um and the guy i i don't think david arquette knew how to protect himself in this situation so he he was getting hit by a glass tube yeah (laughs) yes how do you protect yourself eric well i'll tell you how not to you don't take it in the neck you don't take it so he like he had to, like, break character, like, you know, basically, like, oh, shit, I'm fucked up, uh, put pressure on his neck and, like, run out of there. Oh, it my was, God. It was scary to see. I did see that clip as well. And so, yeah. There, there's, there's guys that are, again, relatively speaking, famous for being deathmatch wrestlers. Like, there's guys that have made a, a career, a name out of wrestling exclusively those types of matches. I don't know if I want to see it. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, the concept is it's pretty wild, but like, I don't know if uh, like I want to see a guy get up with a bunch of thumbtacks and them, or like. Um, you seemed pretty queasy just talking about blading uh, last week. The the topic of razor blades uh, being used to cut yeah, up. Oh no, 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 that, I mean, because you should, that, yeah. So this this is you know another step. Uh, oh, here's another 
another uh, weapon and then we can move along yeah. or, or, you know, whatever questions sure, you have. Yeah. Um, barbed wire. See, just another... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's another one. So nice. what, like the like the rings made out of barbed wire, or what what is going on? Um, so depending on the match, I've I've seen some matches where they take the regular ring ropes down yeah. and replace it with barbed wire ropes. Uh, I've also seen it where they will cover another object in barbed wire and then use that as a weapon. So like cover a chair in barbed wire, cover a baseball bat in barbed wire. So that, getting hit by a chair, or baseball bat's not enough. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to up the ante a little bit. That's wild. Yeah. So, so we will. I, I'm telling you, we will see okay. stuff with barbed wire eventually. Okay. Not not as graphic as is is out there, but we'll at least kind of dip our toe into it at some point. Not today. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Is this is this where celebrity deathmatch like originated from? Because that I remember watching that. I, but it was you know it was always like you know like someone gets their arm chopped off. Uh huh. But, like, is that where it comes from? Is, like, the deathmatch concept of just being, like, completely brutal? I mean, it could, but I, I somehow I doubt it. So, like, the whole deathmatch thing, it, it really, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it more or less started in Japan. Like, of course. <laughs> like, there's promotions that were very popular for a period of time, anyway, in Japan that would do deathmatch wrestling. Uh, ECW, if you remember the Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow match mm-hmm. that we watched. So, that... They did not exclusively do, like, really bloody death matches, but there were a handful of matches that they would do occasionally in which that was something that uh, that happened. Um, so, like, for example, there was, they had a Taipei death match one time um, where both participants, they took... Have you ever seen that Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Not Bloodsport. Kickboxer. <laughs> Kickboxer. No. Okay. Of course not. I think you like shoved Bloodsport down my like down my throat. I mean, did you watch? You did watch Bloodsport. Yeah, didn't you? yeah, it was I did. great, right? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> um, Kickboxer is basically like Bloodsport. I assume it's not Bloodsport. So. <laughs> That's the gist of it. Um, well, they took a scene from that movie okay. and like basically said, "Hey, let's do a fucking match like that." So what the guys did was they had their fists all taped up. And then they dipped their, their fists in glue, and then they dipped their fists in um, bits of glass, like glass shards. So and, it wasn't like, in, it was like stuck on them. Yeah, yeah, so like the glass is now stuck to their yeah. fists. And so then they would just fucking swing punches at each other, and it was just a bloodbath by the end. I'm just a little surprised we haven't like come upon this yet. We've what? done like six episodes and this hasn't been discussed. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Like, we, 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 there was a never so enough. ridiculous. I mean, like, we would eventually come to that, but I was, I, oh. again, this is a learning experience. I don't want to jump how straight did we, into How did end. this turn into like just, oh, we're just going to, like, this could have easily been passed up too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, again, I'm trying not to, to overwhelm you with too much information. Now I'm distracted. I'm going to lose the match again. Like. Yeah. And for the record, none of these things that we're talking about will be in the match today. Okay. All right. All right. But, uh, I, again, I have kind of a, a running list of, of the approximate order, and I feel like um, in the nearish few episodes, we will dip our toe into that into that topic. Uh, anything else you're curious about in no, the world of deathmatch wrestlers? Okay. Super interesting stuff. But, yeah, Dean Ambrose. He was one of the, the big... Uh, Deathmatch wrestlers prior to going to the WWE, and that's the Shield. Yeah, the that's shield. the Shield. So that so you got the athlete, you got the strong man, and then you got the wild card. So th- those are the Shields, and they they yeah. were they made a really really great faction. They were phenomenal. A faction, you keep saying. Is that a is that a term that I missed? Or I mean, it's a term in real life. So I mean, faction is that like a three? Like it doesn't have to be three, but team? it's a group. A group. A group. Yeah, it's more it's more than two. So, so if you is it like a competitive group, is it a faction? I don't think I've ever heard that. It's also, I mean, in wrestling terms, they have to call it a stable from time to time. But yeah, if you if they they are a group of more than two, because it was just two people. That's a tag team, right? Okay. So if you have more than two people that you're aligned with, then then it's a faction. So there's a lot of really famous factions that have existed out there in, in the history of pro wrestling. So um, you got the Four Horsemen, which was Ric Flair's group, which we briefly saw them eating. A nice buffet dinner during the Nitro oh, yeah. match that we watched. <laughs> was that the grapes and the the grapes yeah, and the apples? Yeah. Yes. So that was the Four Horsemen. They're probably like the most famous group that have uh, existed in wrestling. Okay. 
It was also Degeneration X, who were famous for crotch chops and the socket, uh, the NWO, and, and then of course we have the Shield. Which the Shield, for sure, over the past I'd say fifteen to twenty years, are the most successful faction in wrestling. And their opponents, I know there's another team, right? Is the Wyatt family. So they debuted a little bit after the Shield. So the Shield showed up in November of 2012. Uh, the Wyatt showed up in July of 2013, and, and it's just a quick callback. This match is in February of 2014, so they've at least had a six-month run or so at this point in time. Uh, so the Wyatt family is basically... Are you familiar with Charles Manson? <laughs> a little. I think we just watched this documentary. Okay. Yeah. Think Charles Manson, No, I, I, but wrestling. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's... I mean, not... <laughs> Not well, like, I don't know. We just talked about death matches. So like. <laughs> I mean, not to the like Sharon Tate murders okay. type of extent, but but like as close as you could get on like a, a PG wrestling show to Charles Manson. That's the whole premise of the Wyatt family. And you you're saying there was a possibility in this match, either one of them could have been the good guys, and you like. Well, both. So you had the Shield, who were like the henchmen of the bosses of the company. So like they they had notoriously been like bad guys because they were always doing the bidding Mm -hmm. of that. And then you had this evil cult, right? Who basically just got in the Shield's business. And so then you have that friction between these two groups. So it's really up to the audience in that situation to choose. Hey, who do you like? Okay. And so people gravitated more towards the Shield. And and they. In the lead up to those matches, they were sort of presented as, as just like more like I guess you could say cool for lack of a better term, but um, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't like heavy handedly like these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. It was more like two opposing forces. Um, the best uh, the best analogy. And this isn't a great analogy. The best analogy I can think of uh, in He Man, which I know that you never watched He Man. That's fine. In He-Man in the 80s, there were two bad guys. There was Skeletor, who everyone remembers, and then there was another bad guy whose name escapes my memory. But they didn't like each other. So it would almost be like, okay, pick your favorite between these bad guys. Yeah. So that was the, the gist of it. Uh, but yeah, so you got the Wyatt family, Manson family. They incorporated a lot of horror imagery into, into their shtick. So like, not quite jump scares, but like just some creepy ambiance type of stuff. Uh, they, to this point, they've been very well protected. There wasn't a whole lot of people who had gotten one over on the Wyatt family to this point. Uh, Bray, who is the leader, Bray Wyatt, hence the Wyatt family. Bray Wyatt would play mind games with people. And then his, he'd have two lackeys, two guys that would kind of do his bidding as henchmen named Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Uh, and so they, there were hints that were being dropped around this time that they might be replacing the shield as the authorities enforcers. Mm. So that was kind of the build up to this particular match. So the leader of the Wyatt family is Bray Wyatt. Uh, very good talker, but the majority of the things that he would say is just rambling bullshit. As far as his delivery, it was great. Yeah. But as far as content, it just didn't make any sense, so it was hard to actually like it in some capacity. Uh, still managed to get over just due to the general vibe and uniqueness of the, of the gimmick that he had. It was just very different looking. Um, not really flashy in the ring, but as a character, it was very good. Um, so he's the leader. He's the one delivering the orders. His lackeys are Eric Rowan, who is a big, tall ginger. He's, he's got a hungry butt, which you will see in the match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's very uh, prone to wedgies in yeah, this that's era. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So he wore, he wore like a jumpsuit overall type thing, mm-hmm. and he would constantly just get wedgies <laughs> all the time. Uh, he would also wear a sheep mask. A sheep mask. Yeah, it was okay. like a sheep. Mm. I, I'm assuming for symbolism purposes, but it was never really like... What's the symbolism? Uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing, I think. <laughs> but it was, never, it was never like expressly said, yeah, here's yeah. the reason why, which made it better. Like, yeah, if you have yeah, to explain yeah, yeah. the shit, then it's, uh, it's... Yeah, but it's more just like creepiness. Like, okay. oh, there's a big tall man with a sheep mask. Right. What the fuck's going on there? I'm intrigued. Uh, eventually, and again, this is after this match, so this does not play into it, but just to give you a little bit of flavoring, similar to the deathmatch thing, um, eventually this character, this big tall ginger in a sheep mask, was revealed to be a genius uh, who <laughs> also brewed his own wine. He was a vintner. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, least talented member of the entire match. That's, that, my, it, that's uh, my, that's my. That's your, yeah. you're throwing it. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he's just a body. <laughs> <laughs> but a big enough body to like, yeah. Be an obstacle. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah that yeah. That's exact. I would, yeah. you said it perfectly. He is an obstacle, okay. but he, he himself adds very little 
to most things that he does. Uh, the, <laughs> the final member of this match, Luke Harper, uh, again, my opinion, probably one of the most underrated and underused wrestlers of the past mm. five years. Like this guy, he's so good, but they just don't something about Vince McMahon. He just doesn't like Luke Harper. So he doesn't give him a chance. Oh, well, uh, but yeah, he's a really good big man. Very agile. Uh, his facial expressions are amazing. He's got like some of the best crazy eyes I've ever seen. It's phenomenal. Um, probably the most talented guy on the Wyatt family side. So he, he's very athletic, but he's big and imposing uh, and and all that good stuff. So uh, that's that's the match. Okay. So that's kind of the build up to everything. Um, any, any last questions or anything that you feel like you need some more backstory around to make an informed decision? I'm just going to have to watch this the first couple of hours. Really get my feel. It's, yeah. We'll really take those. served me well the last three or four matches, so... Um, just so everyone's aware, so we are looking at our whiteboard that we have going on right now. So your record currently, this is a make or break. This I, I know, I think we said that last week too, but this is for real. This is this is a must-win situation. You're at a two and four record. You've got a 33% winning uh, percentage at this point. I expected more out of myself. Uh, I do too. My family. I do too. Um, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think that this will not be in the Hulk section. This will probably be above our Hulk. Oh, the, as far as where it goes. As far as where you rank it. I, I think that this overall... Yeah, there's a, there's a pattern there. <laughs> he's At least he's above Harlem Heat and the Steiners. <laughs> so he's got that to hang his hat on. I'm sure Hulk Hogan's losing a lot of sleep over it, but um, we got that. All right, so with all that out of the way, I have no idea where we're at time-wise, but um, <laughs> let's go ahead. It's that time. For Ryan's Corner! There's nothing more that I like than a fresh cut line. Anything on deck for Ryan Ryan's Corner? I I saw the Honolulu Cookie Company when I was in Vegas. I don't know. Right, which is, okay, yes, go on. I'm uh, not. No, I didn't go in. I didn't go in. <laughs> I, just, I just took a Great Ryan's and, Corner. Uh, and then and, and left. Uh huh. Um, but I, I found it interesting. But, uh, and you realize that it's not yeah, I where did. I got I the cookie from. I thought you would be like, wow, wow interesting. Like, Why well, would it be interesting to because me? It's not the same brand. It's not the same company at all. It's the same state. It's a, What difference does that make? Why would I care if it's the same state? Yeah, I mean, it's it's odd to me that your favorite cookie company is like coming from like, you know, across the Maui. Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And then you found a Honolulu cookie company and assumed that I'd be super ecstatic. I didn't expect you to be ecstatic. (laughs) I just, I thought, I was like, oh, that's, you know, what an interesting little, uh, little find and nothing. But but then you didn't even have any. No, I didn't. So what's the point of you telling me that? Like, (laughs) you were on our way to dinner. (laughs) Your communication skills need work. I'm just going to tell you right now. Like, that's fine if you want to tell me about it, but like, at least have something of merit to like... I had one. It was very good. Well, I didn't I go had... to the brewery, so, you know, I was in there. I was like, okay, uh-huh. hey, this this should make Eric feel better. I did give a lot of serious thought to not giving you a Ryan's Corner this this week because I specifically gave you the one task of going to the Hofbrauhaus House in I Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, see, it it's not too. going. It's Greta. It's like, Greta, you see this? That no, makes it much extent. worse. <laughs> you could have been looking for it and not found it. Like, I would have been like, you know what? That's dumb, but, you know, that's fine. At least you made an attempt. You knew exactly where to find it, and you refused to go. There was some sort of show going on out there. It was a lot of traffic. We were tied up. What do you mean out there? In there, Las Vegas? In Las Vegas. <laughs> there was, like, there was, like, trucks. Yeah, they have many shows. This was, this was one of a kind. Uh, there was, was like, cars being rolled into, like, semi-trucks on the side of the road. I think it was some, like, auto events. Okay. You know, there was no way we were getting back there. I mean, it wasn't that far away, but... Uh, you keep saying things to make me angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you're like, I didn't go, but we were so close. I, I think, knew exactly I think where it was. the idea, and next time, you know, I go, I'll definitely be there. If you, d- I already told you this off-air. If you do not go to the Hopper House next time, I am going to fight you. Just the idea of German beer doesn't really like, excite me. And I know you're saying it's more of the experience, not the German beer. The beer, it is about the experience. Yeah. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not. 
But the beer in Las Vegas traditionally is pretty bad. Not great. This is, again, traditionally, unless you're going to an actual like brewery, which I know there are some are on the strip now, uh, but it's the best beer in Las Vegas. Like it's it's so much better than just about the beer that you find anywhere else. So it it, it is German beer, but there's like four or five different types, and you get it in a full Stein. Have you ever clinked Steins together, right? <laughs> Have you ever I'm had not, that experience? No, I well, not no. There's full few Stein. things better. Okay. Then why didn't you sell me with that one point before we went down there? Why is this always on me? You said there was a paddling. You got a paddling if it yeah. was your birthday. You I was like, Greta, you're in a, there's a paddling section in there. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to go. Not ever. Hold on. You first of all, you misrepresented everything that I said. <laughs> it's not a paddling for your birthday. It's uh, a paddling if you get a shot. So you just have to get a shot. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. So if you, but you don't have to get paddled, it's, but it's an option. Yeah. They're not going to like forcibly paddle you, but it, you can certainly get paddled. And like, as you're drinking, you will hear the sounds of a thwack <laughs> for the paddling ring out across this beer hall. Okay. It's phenomenal. You can stand up on the, on the benches uh, as they're uh, toasting and singing songs. There's a live band there. They have events uh, like beer holding and beer drinking that everyone is free to participate in. And they have clinking. So, yes, you can, like, not full force, but, I, like, you go at, like, a nice 30, 40 percent. Like, a, a little bit of a little bit of foam. Uh, just take a drink first and then clink. No, that's fine. I like this. But, like, there's few things that bring me more joy than, like, a good, solid, full stein clink. It's so good. I can't even do it that justice. That would have been something that sold me, but I don't, I don't remember hearing No, it wouldn't have. You would have still passed it. We went to Margaritaville instead. God fucking damn it, Ryan! I don't want to hear one more fucking thing about this. I will say Margaritaville is is awful. Yeah! Not a great place. Uh, it's exactly what you expect Margaritaville to be. Then why'd you go? <laughs> we go there every time. Every time we why? get to Vegas, we go right down to Margaritaville. Is this a credit decision? I think it's it's become like a tradition now. Like, initially, we were... <laughs> Um, God damn it. Fuck. You went to Margaritaville instead of the Hoffman We did go to Margaritaville. Um, and Eric, you know, in all fairness, it was not good. The food, like, almost made us sick. I hope you would have. I wish you would have gotten food poisoning. I sat there while this girl got filled up by this bar. Full, you know, like, two shots of tequila. Uh-huh. I waited because I didn't think he could do that. You know, he couldn't short me after that. He shorted the shit out of me after that. Like, I got, like, <laughs> nothing. So, um... You deserve every bad thing that happened to you during that. I'm telling you right now. That's bullshit that you went to fucking Margaritaville and started off her house. You, I'm very upset with you. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's go ahead and fucking move on. Is there anything else with Ryan's corner that needs to be brought up? Okay, fine. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, we will have a quick commercial break. Hopefully you have a better time right now, audience, than I am having right now. Because I, I can't even comprehend and fully process this bullshit. Uh, but when we come back, we will come back with our thoughts. Oh, and before we actually jump, if anybody is curious to watch this, I have confirmed this match is available for free on WWE.com. Just look for The Shield versus The Wyatts. Again, that match date is February 23rd, 2014. So if you are looking to experience the same types of things that both Ryan and myself are, hey, give it a watch. That's a free service. Um, well, so it is on the network, which is $9.99 a month for anyone who cares to subscribe. So you gotta have a subscription and then... No, 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 no. So oh. this match, occasionally they will post individual matches on their website that just anyone mm -hmm. can watch. So this match is available on the, on WWE.com for anyone to watch. And it's probably on their YouTube channel too, but you can find it. With that said, we'll come back. We'll give you our thoughts. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, Eric Donaldson of the Hardmark Podcast here, and I'm here to ask all of you, if it's at all possible, if you're using a platform that allows for reviews, ratings, etc., to take a moment and do just that. We are looking to grow our listenership, expand out the Hardmark universe as big and as bold as we can possibly do it, so we just need a little bit of help from you. So for anyone using Apple Podcasts, you will find that you can actually give us a rating, write us a quick review. We would so super appreciate it. And for any other platforms that you may be utilizing, by all means, 
feel free to leave us a review. We really do appreciate that too. And for anyone who may have missed it before, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram as well. So for anyone who has not already followed us on those platforms, we would appreciate it just to help grow that base even more. And with all your help, we can make Hardmark the hardest it's ever been. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. May I say just first and foremost, I dislike technology right now. Uh, thank you, first and foremost, Ryan. Before we get into our, our discussion of the Shield versus Wyatt family match, uh, thank you for your patience of trying to brute force our way to actually watch that match. Uh, that took us a good 15, 20 minutes, I'd say. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most of those super patient guy. It's true, yeah. yeah. Super yeah. humble, super great at compliments, super patient, yes. um, all these things. We'll say that. Uh, but yeah, so the match, uh, unfortunately, Ryan lost again. Uh, he did not successfully predict the, the correct winner of the Wyatt family versus Shield match. He did choose the Shield, and as luck would have it, they did not win. Uh, what, are your, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts right now? I put that one on me. <laughs> uh, That's very big of you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that one, that one was on me, mm. like the previous... Match still in dispute. Sure. But, uh, yeah. The the hard mark judges are still reviewing it. Yeah. Is there I, anything that you look back on that you take as a learning experience at all, or is that was that just a coin flip in your opinion? I feel like these are impossible to judge. <laughs> I feel like the first, yes, I feel like they're just completely impossible. Uh, okay. And I'm not sure still after seven matches really how to judge this now. Sure. Especially when it comes to some of like the antics that go into like the beginning of it too, which were very good. I like. You know, um, but it's, it's what antics in particular did you enjoy? Like the like the rivalry between them, the little like you know disputes between like the brothers and like okay. you know like, the, they were just so you know, and I sure and I know they, they called each other brothers. Yeah. They're not actually sure. brothers between the the, the factions. Sure, the yeah. the groups. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the the story the the video package leading up to it, talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was it was well done. Um, again, it was a dream match, and I. I rewatched it maybe a week or so ago, just to, because I, I remembered it being a match that people had talked about after it happened, but I couldn't remember who who had won. And I was in much the same boat as you, where I I was pretty sure that I remembered the Shield winning, but uh, that is not what ended up happening. Yeah, it felt like it was going that way for me. I, yeah, I uh, it, it got more exciting the second half. I, I, the first half was pretty boring. I thought. Um, yes, it picked up. It did. It, it got, did. It got better, but uh, yeah. Once it became a little bit more chaotic, um, how, what, what was your kind of initial thoughts on on the individual participants? Did it kind of align with what I said, or did you kind of find your own favorites throughout the match that you that you enjoyed? We could just kind of just word quick word association. Let's just go down the line. Uh, Roman Reigns. Thoughts on Roman Reigns? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I that he kind of solidified my my pick. Uh, okay, I, I like I liked him, and like you know. What, I, get, what, I, I understand why they were trying to groom him to be the, uh-huh. you know, good looks. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of power moves. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, you know, guy didn't, you know, kind of a fierce looking guy. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's a goatee or, yeah. what, you know, he's got that Troy Polamalu fierceness about him. Yeah, yeah. The Samoan. The Samoan, <laughs> which we did verify yeah. as a quick I was, I was correction. Yeah. Um, Dean Ambrose. Uh, he's just he, he was he was pretty wild. He was unpredictable. He really, uh, I would say, of all the guys in the match, he probably got the least amount of time to really showcase anything. And he could have done a lot. I feel like he really could have come in and done some damage. He like, could have gotten a weed whacker to the gut or something. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was just he was <laughs> offensive. Like he was on the offense. You know? Sure. Just but he he was gone. Like they left it all on. Yeah, I felt like he would show up for like. 10 to 15 seconds at a time, jump on somebody, yeah. punch them repeatedly, and then he'd be gone. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, hard to get a, get a real good beat on him. But uh, Seth Rollins, the final member of the Shield yeah, with the blonde I mean, streak. I, I didn't think much of him. <laughs> uh, the dive. None, none of the, he, he, he did a couple big dives during the match. He's the, the one who went through the really table. Impressive. The wow. dive through the ring, that was by Luke. That was the only... Uh, Tough crowd. Yeah. So okay. So like, now that you mentioned that, so you mentioned the dive by Luke. There was also that other move uh, where he kind of like I don't know guillotine the guy. Uh, Seth Rollins actually on the on the ring ropes 
uh, that you seem to appreciate. Oh yeah, that was, yeah, where he, he was in between the the ropes, yeah. and that was that was good too. Yeah. So it seemed like from the shield side, you you kind of gravitated gravitated towards Robin Reigns. Was there a favorite that you had on the on the Wyatt side? Was it Luke Harper or someone else? Yeah, I mean after that. I mean, again, just one of the better moves I've seen. You, you just, I mean, it was like an all-out, hands-out, legs <laughs> out, just right through. It seemed like, a, like one of those, like, uh, what are they called, like the flying squirrels, like it looked like me. Like, it, just, it was one of those. Uh, just a six-foot-eight, 310-pound right flying squirrel. Right. I mean, it was, yeah. it was uh, yeah, so that... Okay. Sure that the jeans, I like the jeans too. That was this dirty, disgusting jeans yeah. with the with the uh, A shirt with the Looks grease like he stains. Didn't come prepared for the match, like right. just you know, kind of. But if anything, he's the most he was, prepared he of all. Was, yeah. um, let's see here. So as far as my notes, um, sound like just overall you enjoyed the Shield, just their whole like look, and and they look like a ho- cohesive wrestling group to you. They weren't cohesive. I wouldn't. I didn't. That was their problem. That's true. Yeah, that yeah. was the biggest thing. The cohesion was like, lacking. No one wanted to fight for either one. I think that's. But at the start, team. at the start, they looked like a cohesive kind of all for one, one for all group. They did. Like, like I said, they looked like they dressed for the part. You know? Yeah, like there. Yeah, uh, the part of of wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about uh, so Eric Rowan. We haven't really mentioned him post match. Uh, the, really, the only memorable thing that I have in my notes was his double knuckle squish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's um, what would you yeah. say is a more devastating uh, wrestling maneuver: the the double knuckle squish or a pile driver? The double knuckle squish mm. for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you're like trying to pop this guy's head. It's true. Just dig those knuckles. I, I, right I in can't the imagine too many things more pain. That's like a torture type of a death match move. I would... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, his hands were basically like two weed whackers. There's like, yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other move that would feel there are none worse. There are none at all. Um, and yeah, really, the last note I have, not a whole lot of notes for this one. It seemed like you were just really, you were just hoping and praying. I was. I'm just <laughs> hoping not to be wrong. Right. Uh, uh, I guess um, commentary. Any anything about commentary jump out to you? Or no, was just kind of you. You said the commentary was going to be very like geared towards like romance. Yeah. I didn't. Maybe I wasn't noticing it, or like. I didn't notice it so much either. But the commentary was very blah. It was bland. Like that's what makes some matches. Yeah. Uh, What was we watched one? It was the last match that we watched. Last one. Hulk versus versus the commentary was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. Yes. This was not great. This was not that. I engage with it at all. Really, uh, so. You're going to find that that's the case with most of yeah, the modern WWE unfortunate. matches, unfortunately. But yeah. uh, is that an attitude era thing? That's a that's a now era thing. That's like a whatever. That's this... such a bummer. Like you, I mean, there's certain broadcasters you watch anything. You know, it's just like broadcasting can make the whole match. Yeah, absolutely. actually, I was going to ask when you're at a match. Yeah. What do you? Is it just you're just watching the match? Is there commentary? Like Mm-mm. no, you're just no. Watching. The commentary is just for the. Uh, I mean, it's like watching a football right. game live yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, the commentary is solely for the television audience. And yeah, if you're there, you're just kind of listening to the sound. I mean, I think even when the commentary is bland, like it was today, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still good. It still adds something. It's like mm-hmm. you know, they still get like pretty amped up. There's just nothing there. Like. Bad commentary can absolutely detract from a, from a match. There are some matches that would probably be better off just not having any commentary. But I wouldn't say this was bad commentary. Just like nothing like really came of it. Yeah, it was just kind of, yeah, yeah, it was just kind of meh. Um, Alright, so your win-loss pers- record I should say is 2-5 and five officially right now. We're in dire straits right now, Ryan. We're in real dire straits. Yeah, I'm working on it as hard as I can. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like you had done a lot of prep in the, in the truck leading, yeah, leading up yeah, to you showing up here today. Um, I think next week, next week we'll, we'll see how, how things go. Um, but as far as our total ranking here, let's take a look at the old whiteboard. So Shield versus Wyatt's. And again, I know I tell you this uh, every single episode, but try and take emotion out of it. We are <laughs> looking at these matches from a scientific sort of basis. Uh, we want to evaluate them from a number of different standpoints, athleticism, uh, story, um, you know, engagement, maybe even commentary. So, you know, it's, it's all a big pie. Mm. Um, so with that said, we have six matches on our list so far, ranging from the greatest match of all time, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, to the worst match of all time, Harlem Heat versus the Steiner Brothers, where, what, which, 
Are we talking upper end, lower end for Shield versus Lower end. Lower end for Shield versus Wyatt. It didn't really pick up. The ending was just so tame. It was so quick out of nowhere. I didn't like the ending at all. I was caught off guard. I wasn't into the ending. There were points during the match where you thought it was over, though. I, I remember. I thought it was. I mean, like, I, like, I don't expect these matches to be over at any time. Now I can see these going on for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, yes, there I was, will promise uh, you that we will not watch any six-hour-long matches. You know, that was way too. Quiet. I wasn't even expecting it at all. So, I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, this match wasn't great. But, but looking at our list, yeah. So you're thinking bottom, bottom three. So as far as our bottom three, we I got think Hulk. It was the worst match. You don't think it was the worst match? It was the worst match. Okay, so it's better than Harlem Heat versus Steiner. So then we come into Hulk Hogan territory, brother. Yeah. So we got two Hulk Hogan matches. We got Hulk versus Macho from last week. And then we have Hulk versus Andre, which from episode one. Um, which had the great bear hug. It, <laughs> it had some fantastic uh, mat uh, maneuvering with some awkward uh, back body drops. Uh, so where, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking above Hulk, in the middle of the Hulks? Are we carving a path through the Hulks here? I'm trying to think more details. Hulk versus Andre, if it should go. Um, Hulk versus Andre. Yeah. So I feel like you ask me this every week. Yeah. But there was a very long bear hug. Uh, <laughs> there was the bit where they, they ripped the mats up, and then Hulk went over the top of Andre, and you hated that. And then there was the leg up. Those were really the main... <laughs> The main aspects of that match, and then there was a, a body slam in there somewhere that I had to point out to you because you were gonna miss it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put it number number five. So I'm gonna number five. Yeah, below, like in between the two Hulk matches. Okay, so we got a new number five. Yeah. So I like your split in the Hulks. I liked a couple of the moves, French, but the sure. match was just not not great. I honestly expected this to be within the top. Yeah? Top three. Really? I expect... Yeah, I I would have guessed that this would have either been above Taz versus Bam Bam or, or immediately below it. No, I think even if I had won the match, it wouldn't have been like... It did start a little slow. I will say slow, that. Yeah, it did it was... start out a little bit slow. Let me just make a quick note here. Shields. Wyatt. All right. We have our ranking then. Well, that's uh, that's a bit of terrific there. So we got our... Top number seven matches. Um, let's see what we got on deck for next episode. Give me one moment here. All right. So how would you describe, if you had to just like a very brief summary of the matches that you've seen so far, how would you kind of summarize these items? Like all of them? Yeah. Like, is there a general theme that you've noticed throughout all of them? It seems like you've been... I don't want to lead, lead no, the answer here, but you, you, I think you've been surprised been... at the length of some of these matches. I mean, initially, I was a little surprised <laughs> to see like, everyone. Like, I mean, you'd think they're done, they come back. I don't know. There's been, like, good matches, and mm -hmm. there's been, like, good, like, drama. Mm -hmm. Matt Drama, and you are the maitre d' of Matt Drama, as I, we established today. <laughs> a little bit of drama. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, they're, they're all, like, they're all very different. I thought that some of the ones on the top were more, like, wrestling-based. Mm -hmm. But that said, I can get behind a good, like, you know, a good dramatic match, too. Good, sure. Well, next week is not going to be that. No. <laughs> next week, uh, we've we watched a lot of like like very well. I guess Kaufman versus Lawler was not super serious. It was presented in sort yeah. of a serious fashion, but it had some comedy to it in in the form of uh, Andy Kaufman. Uh, next week is a match that was presented very. It was presented seriously, but is among the dumbest matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. It is it is a graveyard match. It takes place in a graveyard. Uh, the the contestants and obviously we have plenty of time next episode to get into the backstories mm -hmm. of these characters uh, but I'll just lead off the, the names of these characters Vampiro and yeah. the Kiss Demon very good yeah very good who for the record does have an affiliation with the rock band Kiss so oh, you got wow. that to look forward to okay. for well, next week exciting. yeah, yeah. Uh, so just a one on one match yeah just a one on one match yeah, I'm tired of these tag team matches <laughs> Yeah. You've only seen two, and <laughs> I think one of your one of your sole victories was was Harlem Heat versus Steiner. So I don't know, maybe maybe more tag matches would be up your alley. I, I, I just said it. I'm tired of <laughs> Okay, well, stand by it. Uh, anything else that we should uh, make a point to address while we have everyone's attention and ears? Any more audio cream for them today? I, 
great term. Every, every, uh, no, I, I, I think I got it all out. All right. Yeah. Well, then no more legging up the lobes for today. Well, I appreciate uh, everyone's patience with us. If the audio sounds a little bit different um, for this portion, we did encounter some technical difficulties, but uh, you can hear our voices, and that's the most important thing. So, shout out to Microsoft. Shout out to Microsoft. Updates. Shout out for mandatory uh, PC updates when you're trying to do shit. Uh, but for Ryan, the Mater D of Matt Drama, my name is Eric Donaldson. Thank you very much for listening to the Hard Mark podcast, and we will catch you. Actually, hold on, wait a minute. Uh-oh. We have, there's a I, we have a thing that we're supposed to do at the end of every episode. I have Eric's Eric's wisdom tree. Is that new? I it was new last last episode. Yeah, so we got Eric's wisdom tree. So wow me. Last week was don't trust a woman with a foot tattoo. Uh, this. <laughs> This week on Eric's Wisdom Tree, another piece of wisdom for everybody. Uh, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing half ass. I like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, you get it in your heads like, oh, I got to do this like as best of my ability. If I miss a day, then oh, shit, I got to start over. No. If something's worth doing, you can do it half ass, and that's still better than doing nothing. That's what I built my life on. Um, <laughs> And that's why he's so successful, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. Eric's Wisdom Tree. So thank you very much for listening this week, everybody. We will catch you next time. Thank you very much. Samoans are, like, interesting people. (laughs) 